Welcome to Archery Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals and reviews of the latest gear and equipment and much more. It takes a while. What is the shootout series? Well, my name is Roy Canterbury. I'm your host today on Archie Talk 101, and we're going to find out with Rhonda and Bobby and see what it's all about. Uh, let's have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Rhonda, let's go introduce yourself and tell us a little something about you. My name is Rhonda Elam. Uh, I am from South Central Kentucky, and my husband is the head coach at Lindsey Wilson College and was on last week. That's how we found out about you guys, and uh, I've been involved in archery since 2001 and been coaching since then um, through NASP and S3DA and now with the shootout series. I uh, also compete com competitively myself with ASA. Yeah, Bobby, introduce yourself and tell us a little something about you. Well, I'm Bobby Smith. I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, have multiple clubs down here as well. Been involved with Archie for a very long time, kind of like Rhonda, um, with, with multiple different organizations as far as uh, ASA and USA and NFAA. We, we have shot with most all of them and, and been very excited to uh, kind of get, get something new in the state going and, and um, find some uh, folks that want to do some things that are a little bit different. So uh, we kind of started up uh, the shootout series and it seems to have uh, really taken hold. So um, very blessed, very humbled by it. And, and uh, Rhonda and I have definitely put in a lot of work with a lot of our board members and doing the same things. And, and we've just been uh, very, very humbled by everything we've encountered over the last few years. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Well, we'll get into that in a second here, but I'd like to know, uh, you know, why and how you got started in archery. Um, go ahead, Rhonda. I, got, I actually got started uh, when Mark and I were dating and we were watching Buckmasters on television. And I said, you know, I'd like to try to shoot again because I did that in 4-H camp and I was pretty good at it. And he said, well, get in the car. And he went and bought a bow that for me that day. Uh, and at that time, there weren't a lot of women in archery. And we didn't understand that your front arm has some issues with women's arms being different and needing to roll our elbows in. So somebody might be a little hard-headed in this group. And I kept hitting my arm. And they were wanting me to take a break. And I wouldn't. And I ended up and um, almost bled from the welts that came out <laughs> until I learned later on how to, to not. Uh, get hit uh, we went and shot our next our first 3d the next weekend and we've been hooked ever since and traveled all over the united states bow hunting and and competing in ibo asas all over yeah bobby how about you how, why and how did you get started oh man well um i started youth uh you know kind of out of necessity i grew up in a small town and and we uh hunted and fished for a lot of our, our food source. And, and so that's kind of what got me into it. And then, um, of course, got married and we had kids. And then my kids decided, hey, I'd like to do archery, dad. And, and so uh, got started that way and started donating some time to help out with some local organizations. And, and Siegel Middle School was one of them in the NAS program, a lot like Rhonda. And, and mm -hmm. so we kind of expanded on from that to uh, other organizations and um, coaching kind of became a thing that I saw was a need in this area to help youth archery grow. I saw that there was a, a need and we just kind of fell into it from there and just kept pushing and moving forward. But um, my experience is, 
has been from the hunting side to target archery and, and um, have thoroughly enjoyed it. More so watching the kids grow and learn yeah. and, and seeing That's how funny. they respond and, and enjoying those moments. Because sometimes, yeah, we have our own times, but it's, it's more important for us to see that because yeah. our youth is tomorrow. And, and we may be here today, but they're going to be here tomorrow. And the only way things keep moving forward is to uh, keep developing them and, and watching them grow and have those experiences. Yeah, we definitely don't want to let the sport of archery, uh, you know, die out. It's been here for 64,000 years. So, you know, <laughs> why would this generation want to stop that? You know, it's been right. going on for so long. And we do appreciate you having us on, Roy. It's, it, you know, um, I, I can say this, this is, this is my first time on a podcast about archery and, and um, I'm, I'm very blessed to be that, but I will say this, um, archery is obviously a huge part of my life. Kind of the shirt says it all. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, Ron and I spend, I probably, and I say this um, with humility, I probably donate more time to archery in a week than what most people work in a full-time job. And I can promise you my wife would more than agree with that. Um, and it's, it, it's definitely a blessing uh, working with young people, still developing my own skills. I'm not, listen, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And, and people will always assume that coaches know everything there is to know and they shoot the best in the world. But um, we all have our off days and, and our off experiences. And, and we appreciate every moment from that because we grow from it, right? And what he might not tell you is he actually coaches three teams and has over 100 kids. And on top of his team days and coaching, he also does private lessons. That's, so he's a little busy. Yeah, that's a little, little busy, but you know, it's, you know, when I, whenever I teach somebody how to shoot, you know, just seeing, seeing the light bulbs come on and, and everything Absolutely. else. And it, it's, it's really amazing when somebody picks it up, you know, it's, you know, that's why we do it. It's, it's not as much for the money. It's, it's for the, you know, the love of keeping this work going. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why when I had my store, if you bought a bow, you automatically got lessons with it. I'm not actually going to sell you a bow. It's like, here you go. Uh, come back later when you want something. It's no, I'm going to teach how to shoot. And right. it's always nice when you have somebody come in two weeks after they picked up the first bow and shot the first arrow, come back and show you Robin Hood they got. <laughs> that is, yeah. I have one of those trophies on the wall every now and again, right? Yeah, I've got a few of them. I've lost most of them, but you know, I still have one around here that that I have. I don't even know where it's at right now, but you know, I I, I keep them. I, I quit shooting single spots because I quit wrecking too many arrows. And you know, back when I started shooting aluminum arrows, and I shoot the bullet point, so they, you know, Robin Hood on one of those is a little more difficult because if you're not perfect that on, they they just bounce off. And I wreck so many knocks and and inserts on the back of them, you know. So I, I just quit shooting single spots, but now with the carbons, it's a little bit different, but they're a little skinnier. Yeah. Pin knot bushings help out, out a little bit too. Yeah. So tell me about um, the difference between what you had been shooting and, and your shootout series and why it is that you started it. I'll Not start even. with the start of it. We, um, it kind of happened during the COVID year and everything got shut down. Uh, we were very disappointed, of course, and but we understood. But that fall, things were kind of flaring back up again. And the discussion was if they shut it down again, our kids would go without again. Uh, so there was a coach in South Tennessee that called and said, hey, why don't we just 
do a scrimmage and we'll do a scrimmage between your kids and our kids and um them you know and he said we've got the best kids in the state anyway so we <laughs> went and started that and I said hey let's call Bobby and we called Bobby and he jumped in with us so we were the original three that kind of we didn't understand what we were doing at the time. We just wanted to have a, a thing for our kids to shoot. Uh, so we started with that. Our first year, we ended up with kids from three states. We had some three kids out of Ohio that drove down and shot five shoots in Tennessee. Uh, we had 11 clubs that ended up with us that time. So we had about 118 kids. So the next year we kept hearing from the parents how they would like to shoot as well because we don't have a lot of indoor here. Um, so we added adult categories and then Kentucky decided they wanted to have shoots. So we added another state. So we had 455. So this year we added um, some extra adult classes and that where we saw a lot of precipitation, <laughs> participation and uh, added Arkansas and Missouri. So we had over, gosh, I don't even know. I think it was over 1200 scores entered. Uh, we had about 600 archers that participated with us this last year. So I'm going to let Bobby do the differences between. So obviously we have um, <clears throat> made it a, a, I guess, challenge for ourselves to do things that are unique, do things that are, are more different than what the normal is, especially here in the state of Tennessee. Um, between our organizations, we just wanted to be a little bit different and doing different um, we found was much better. And, and not just because of the organization itself, but some of, the, some of the things that we did before became very static and very mundane and very routine. And, and the kid, we were noticing it within the kids. So we started asking the questions, hey, what is it you, you would like to see? What is it you'd like to do? How can we, assist making these things better for you. Um, and we started listening. And when we put our ears to the ground and we started hearing what the kids were saying and what the adults were saying, um, just like Rhonda said, we started hearing adults talk about, hey, we don't have much indoor here in the state of Tennessee. So are you guys gonna be able to accommodate some of that? And so we did open up for that, um, which is very different because most youth organizations don't offer that as an option, you know? so. Where ASA has youth and, and adult, um, we kind of built upon that same motto. Um, we also shot with S3DA and NASP and, and a lot of the other organizations, USA and NFAA. And, and we still do uh, those same things. We still, still give our kids the opportunities to shoot with those organizations. Nothing has really changed there, but we did offer them something that was a little bit different. It looked more like what Lancaster does in a lot of ways. and and. We shoot this kind of the same targets in a lot of ways, but um, the style and format may be just a little bit different. How many arrows we shoot may be just a little bit different. How the distance that we shoot may be just a little bit different. But when I say that, um, it's just enough that it keeps everybody interested and we're not following through with the same things that we've been doing year after year after year. And we've seen that that has been uh, the flow and the direction that it carried us where we are right now. And we're thankful for that. Um, I think that we're still seeing that positive growth where more states continue to come in with interest and are like, hey, we saw you guys did this and this and this. Um, 
we think we might be interested in shooting with you. What do we need to do? And so we just give them the information and give them the opportunity. And, and it has definitely worked itself into where more and more people keep coming on. But, um, you know, Ron and I have been at this for a long time. And, and you know, uh, I, will, I have to give my hat off to, to Doodle Gardner because, you know, without Doodle coming in saying, hey, what do y'all think about doing this scrimmage thing between us and, and doing some different stuff? Um, we'd probably probably not be right where we are today. So, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are in the inner workings of this and, and Rhonda and I've kind of trudged through it. I, I made a comment to her earlier and I said, uh, well, girly, you know, we're, we're bad about sticking our toe in the water. It just happens to be the deep end and we usually <laughs> go down under and then we find ourselves <laughs> swimming back out. So, um, that's kind of where we are, but, uh, Rhonda, if you got anything to add, just go ahead and throw it in there. Yeah, another thing that's a little different is we start with peewees. So we, this year we had from four-year-old to uh, 76 years old. And we grew from having one uh, evening that was from about nine o'clock or 12 o'clock to about nine o'clock that night. And now we're at two days and we run live on YouTube the entire time with Mark does an amazing job of commentary and uh, talking about the kids and what their interests are and what they've learned from archery and this year we had over 26 hours of live commentary and shooting that went on uh, YouTube so and we just keep I keep it running in my office and listening to it all the time just because it's really cool to listen to yeah it is when you get out there and talk about something that you know we all have a passion for because you know that's why would I have a podcast about archery you know if it's not a passion you know and and anything we can do to promote it uh, is always good. So uh, one question, you know, some of the new people, you know, because I have brand new archers that have basically just picked up a bow to archers have been shooting for 60, 70 years, uh, anywhere from, you know, beginner to Olympic level. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the, the alphabet soup we're, we're spelling out there, you know, don't really know what they are. So, um, Maybe we could come back, start with uh, what would a typical shoot years look like? We'd be shooting spot targets, we'd be shooting animal targets, or, or what would a, a shoot look like? For indoor, yeah, we would be a lot the same. We, some, most of the time, we would shoot a triple vertical and a single spot, and we have those options. Um, where we're different with that is kind of a little bit into our rules. Um, you know, we, we definitely made our emphasis on youth archery and, and promoting and edifying and, and helping those kids develop the skill set in order to shoot better and, and learn proper form. And, and everybody wants to learn the proper form, but we found that, you know, the height challenge becomes a thing. So shooting at the top of a triple spot can become a challenge for a younger archer. So if you have somebody that's in a peewee class or somebody that's in the youth class, their height challenge may be a little difficult for them to get that top spot perfectly every time. So in our rules, this, this last year, we did augment them to allow those shooters to shoot two into one um, to kind of help them. It also encouraged them not necessarily to say, hey, um, we're breaking the, the normal rule of we need to shoot one arrow in each spot because we still train that way. We still want them to grow and learn that way. However, we're not doing anything if, if we can't help those archers get the most points that we can. And if it means they drop down and shoot the middle target twice and shoot the bottom one once, 
if that's what helps that archer get through to get that mentality of, yes, I can do this, that's what we're about. We're not about being so stickler on the rules that, oh, well, you're going to have to shoot each one of those spots. And that's just the way it is. And if you drop those points and you drop those points, we understand that's our ultimate goal. But we're not so hard that we don't recognize the need is to help them build their confidence also. That's so important with youth archery. If we don't continue to help these kids have the confidence and see that they can, then that mental side of it, of I can't, will start to dwell inside them. And then they can't progress. And um, as we all know, you know, I say all the time to my kids, archery is 90% mental, 10% physical. We can get the physical side of it down, but we oftentimes forget how tough the mental side can be. So we want to make sure that we expand on that and help. Obviously, if they chose to shoot a single spot instead of the triple, we're going to honor that. We don't have any issues with that. But we're touching on something, and this has been kind of a topic of debate for us organizationally too, especially with our board members, about what we need to do. Um, for me, I always want to look at it in the best interest of the kids. As an organization, yeah, we have to look at those things, but um, youth archery will not grow if we don't continue to expand on their knowledge and help them get where they need to be. And this was just one example of, of a rule that we kind of manipulated a little bit in our own organization. It doesn't stand out and stand strong with the others, but we're not those organizations. So we're here to continue to grow youth archery and, and promote and, and edify the kids. And what better way to do that than be able to set our rules to say, hey, well, we can do this, even though these other organizations don't, eventually you'll get there because they're going to grow, they're going to get stronger. And then the next thing you know, they're going to shoot that top spot just fine. But that's one of the examples that we do things a little bit different. And then we also, if you've got a brand new archer that has never shot a tournament before, those coaches will come up between the line and you can say, hey, make sure you keep your bow up straight, kind of walking them through it. And then if a kid has has trouble, either physically or mentally or equipment wise, um, we just break them down and we'll pull them off to the side. And you'll see coaches with every jersey jump in and help those kids get back uh, because it's more important for us, for those kids to have a positive experience than it is for us to say, okay, you have 20 minutes or you have 30 minutes or whatever the breakdown time is. So whatever it takes, that's what we do in those qualifiers. We do five qualifiers a year and people keep their th top three scores to make a national ranking. And we kind of line up like USA Archery does to where once we put all the scores together, we take the top eight that will get an invitation to our national gauntlet. So, you know, the, the, those that develop are, are going to get rewarded and those that don't want to put in the work aren't going to get rewarded. And it sounds like you go through and if you're struggling, if you're willing to put in the work, somebody's there that's going to help you. Absolutely. And, and, and that that's the way it should be. You know, if you're willing to put in the work, I help you. If you're not willing to put in the work, I'm not going to help you, you know, because I was wasting my time, you know, to do that. But if you're willing to put in the work, it's not a waste of any of my time. You know, that's kind of why I look at anything I'm teaching, you know, whether it be archery or any any other sport or anything else I'm teaching is, you know, if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you're going to get better. Another thing we chose to do is trying to align with the collegiate archery, which, of course, for me is really important, yeah. is the college does not shoot a five spot. They are or a Vegas. They shoot a, the three spot world verticals. So we wanted these kids to learn to shoot the verticals now 
because if anybody's shot verticals, it's a whole lot different ball game than shooting a five spot. Uh, so last year we had a, a elementary kid that shot a 300 on a three spot vertical. So you can only imagine if that kid's doing that in elementary school, by the time he gets to college, what skills they will have developed. So we wanted to kind of line up with those guys because our ultimate goal is for those kids to have a chance uh, to get a college scholarship and to go shoot if that's what they choose to do. Yeah, and and kids, you know, when they're that young, they, they don't know they can't do it. Right. You know, unless we tell them they can't, you know, we tell them they can do it, they're going to believe us because oh, you can do it, you know, and, and next thing you know, they they do it and they go to it again and again. And next thing it's like, you know, I, I got this. I know how to do this. So do you just do uh, spot targets or you also have a 3D version of it? Rhonda, you want to start with that one? Sorry, guys, I've got a call. I'm not going to answer it, but I do have to uh, get somebody else to handle it. Okay. okay. Um, well, we started, um, we wanted to try to experience mainly what we have here is 3D. So we have actually developed a program that we're going to do this spring called the Tri-Archery. So it's a triathlon with an archery twist. So our kids will be shooting an outdoor target round. We will have three different tournaments. So they will have an outdoor target um, that in Tennessee, the airs is in April. Uh, then we're going to be working, learning about reading and we're gonna do reading style 3D because that's something nobody around here has ever seen. Uh, and then their third shoot will actually be a field round um, because I, I hear it's really fun to shoot field rounds, but we've never had that in my in my archery days around here, it's been very few and far between. Uh, so we're wanting to introduce our kids to several different types of archery. So our triathlon is what we will be taking doing this uh, spring. Um, then this fall, we are going to again lining up with college. The collegiate kids shoot 3D in the fall, so we are looking about doing a 3D type series in the fall for these kids as well keeping them shooting as long as much as we can. Yeah, keep them interested. You know, so many times, you know, the summertime, you, you get off you doing something them. else and then and then they come back and it's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm busy doing something else. I'm, I got something else I'm doing and you kind of let the archery fall aside, but if you can keep them involved, that, that definitely helps. Also keeps their archery skills up too. Yes. I know when I was competitive roller skating, uh, you know, it's a winter, winter time sport, you know, just like the ice skating, but you know, it's on wheels and summertime, it was kind of our time off, but yet we still would go do stuff, you know, just, just to keep going. Cause if you wait a whole summer, you know, you lose a lot of it. And like any sport, you know, you can't take that much time off and, and not lose something, you know, you can get it back. It's easier to get back, but you know, why, you know, it's, it's a fun sport and. Right. Well, and Ron and I have thought a lot about that, you know, doing the fun thing with what we're looking at is when you look at doing things that are not normal, especially within your site. And, and we had talked about doing reading 3D. Well, that's definitely not a normal for this area. Um, so making decisions like that to do something that's out of the normal, we're hoping that invites more folks to come in and, and learn and develop those skills to do some of those things that they wouldn't normally do. Um, same thing with some of the uh, field stuff. Uh, 
other than NFAA, there's not a lot of organizations that are doing standard field rounds or um, that actually have a series of outdoor target other than USA, you know. Um, so when you start working and developing the kids' skill set, you know, we have the flexibility to set distances a little bit different and, and keep, keep that in, in the mindset of the kids. Yeah, it may be a little bit shorter. However, our goal ultimately is to develop the skills in archery and help them have success. And that's kind of what's important for us as an organization. Yeah, I know one of the, the targets that I used to have fun shooting at is they, they've got different targets. They, they have like a dartboard. You can play darts with your bow and arrow. They have tic-tac-toe and they have ones with cards on them. And, you know, the tic-tac-toe is kind of fun because if you want the spot, you got to get closer to the center. And if you don't, well, you're down an arrow. And, right. and there's a lot of strategy in, in, in shooting a, a tic-tac-toe type target. And, and you know, it's it's not just practicing, but it's practicing because now you're focused on, okay, I need this square. I need this one, but I got to get this one, but they have it. So can I take it away? So now you got to make sure you can take it away. And, and a little strategy in there, and it just focuses a little more attention, you know, playing some of those games like that. And you know, those are always kind of fun. And Correct. Rhonda and I did three years ago when we first started, we did a, a novelty or kind of a fun shoot to give away some target faces. And we used the uh, dartboard face as a target. And they learned if you want to hit that triple, you got to be on the money, you know, and, right. and it wasn't just about our open compound shooters. We did a mixed bag. So we didn't have just open shooters shooting it or this. So we mixed up our, our, pin shooters and open shooters and our bare bow shooters and Olympic shooters. And we put them all in one hot bag, you know? So they were like, <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. We have four of us shooting. Um, you know, so they had to strategize who went first and who could do this and do that. And they started seeing, Oh, wait, wait, you know, some of these kids with the bare bow can really, really shoot. They don't have to just hit wherever they can actually pick their spot too, especially if they string walk and they're not true traditional to the knot. So, right. um, Lots of differences that we were able to afford those kids, but it was awesome to watch them do those different things and see how their mind worked to watch them together to go, wait a minute, if you shoot first and you shoot second and you shoot third, this may be our best setup. Or they go, oh, wait a minute. Well, let's think about how much how much distance we have and who's better at what for this. And, and we found that the pin shooters, they did really well. But our open shooters, if they didn't have tape pulled for something at 10 yards, they had they struggled a little bit with being marked on for that. So, uh, yeah. you know, our, our bare bow shooters, not so much. They, they could pull their stitches to exactly 10 yards and let it rip and hit exactly where they're aiming at. Um, it, was, it was quite the competition to watch them do that stuff. Well, and that is another thing that aligns straight with collegiate is because those team rounds that you'll see in collegiate are very similar with that. Uh, there is a mixed discipline team that we do at um, 3D Nationals, but in our regular uh, collegiate conference and uh, to be able to watch those kids on a team and it's as loud as a final four basketball game with 200 kids standing behind their teams, screaming and hollering and cheering for every and watching and you can tell where the arrow hits just by the crowd reaction. <laughs> But that's the thing we wanted to kind of introduce some of that fun into our kids as well. Yeah, that, that makes it nice. And then, you know, if you're used to having an audience behind you cheering you on while you're shooting, you know, that you, you learn to focus on what you're doing and it block everything else out. And, Absolutely. You know, guys seem to have that ability. 
from their wives to say something we're not paying attention because <laughs> yeah. we're focused on what we're doing and you know every, tune everything else out and uh you know anyway that's what i do sometimes <laughs> hence why you wear a hat when you don't need to because <laughs> you listen <laughs> yeah. that's right that's yeah. right you end up with knots on your head for not listening <laughs> yeah fortunately i have some hair left but not tons of wear a hat but i did today but yeah my uh, barber threatens to charge me a finder's fee <laughs> but yeah, yeah you know i mean getting out into doing the different stuff that, that we set out for um has definitely been a game for us organizationally um this spring we're obviously looking at, at quite quite a different round but um, we're getting positive feedback from where we look at it. Um, people are excited about doing the different things. Um, and so th I think that's kind of what drives me to, to continue to donate time. Um, as Rhonda said, I have three clubs here, two in Rutherford County, Tennessee, and then one in Wilson County, Tennessee. Um, and, and between them, they keep me very busy. But seeing how every one of them from ages four all the way to 18, how they respond and how they go, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Or I tell them all the time, I said, you need to believe in yourself like I believe in you as a coach. I said, when you do that, I said, your mentality is going to change. You're not going to just think you can hit the target. You're going to know that you can hit the target because we as coaches stand up and we believe in you. That's what we're here for. That's what we donate our time for. And, and you know, I would say that most everybody that donates their time to coaching archery that's exactly what they're doing. Um, they they want to continue to see the sport grow first, see young people continue to grow into the sport and, and watch it continue to develop. And, and because like I said, we don't have tomorrow if we don't have our kids. So no matter what right. it is, um, we got to educate them in, in everything we can. And, and archery for us is just that passion and we want to continue to, to move that forward. Yeah, and, and pretty much, you know, if I didn't believe you could do it, I wouldn't waste my time teaching you. Right. And, and I'm teaching you. So I believe you can do it. You know, and right. that's that's just, you know, sometimes you got to just fly out, tell them it's like, if I didn't believe you could do it, I wouldn't be teaching you. And, right. you know, some kids that that would hurt their feelings and other kids like, oh, that would get them started. And, you know, as as you teach more and more people, you, you learn what that person really needs. And that's that tough love. Right. 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 Sometimes you've got to. And, you know, I've seen that done a few times. And, and the person that was done to is like, they just quit because they weren't really serious about what they're doing. You know, well, okay, think about, do you want this or not? And if you don't want it, then don't waste your time, my time. If you want it, I'll spend all the time you need. Right. And and, and that's the way of it. I mean, it's not, archery's not going to be for everybody. And we recognize that just like baseball is not for everybody and football is not for everybody. Right. Um, but for, for uh, I guess that's the difference in us. You know, I kind of laugh. I've got a t-shirt that says, um, it's okay if you don't like archery. It's kind of a smart people sport anyway. Now, I'm sure there's people that <laughs> take offense to that, but but um, we, we say it jokingly. I think I've got a T-shirt for just about everything. I'm sure Rhonda would agree with that. Um, but in the same token, if we, if we take it so serious that that's all we do all the time, then life's not going to be worth very much on that front either. We have to kind of have our checks and balances and, and recognize that. And, and, you know, I think that... Uh, that said, not that I'm getting on a preaching stance by any means, but God gave us everyone our own talents. But um, I think that he knows what we can and can't do individually, and he puts us where we're supposed to be. So, uh, you know, I, I always say I'm very blessed to be where I'm at and have the ability and the time to do what I do. 
Um, that's very important for our community, um, not just as the archery community, but for our community right here in Murfreesboro and, and Lebanon Wilson County as well. Um, you gotta have coaches and infrastructure out there in order to continue to educate. And that was just one of the other reasons that we decided to do uh, the shootout series was because um, the need is there. If it wasn't there, we would have nobody coming in and, and shooting with us. And so right. obviously we've met a need. So, you know, we're, we're glad that we can be in this, in this position. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like that build it and they'll come. It's like, you're going to find what they want and then build what they want and then they'll come. Right. And, you know, the way you, your, your group is growing here, that shootout series is growing, you know, that's, that's a piece that people need. And, you know, don't try and duplicate what, you know, Lancaster does. Don't try and duplicate, you know, all the other shoots because why you, why they would pick between yours or theirs. It's the same event. Which one you go to? Well, yours isn't the same event. It's different. Correct. And, and, and that's, what's nice about all the different options you have is you can shoot anything you want. If you want to just shoot indoor 3ds, uh, summertime is a little bit tougher because most of them go outdoors for it. But if you just want to shoot 3ds, you can do that. You don't have to do anything else. If you just right. want to shoot for fun, you can do that. If you want to uh, compete, you know, just amongst you and your buddies, uh, you know, like like if the three of us went to a shoot, like I don't care. We could come in last, next to last, and third from last. You know, the the challenge I just with buddy of mine is like, okay, who gets to give it on the way home and who has to receive it? Well, next week it might be different. You know, just competing against you know our little group or whoever you want to go with, and you know. You know, a lot of a lot of the 3D stuff I've been into this, like they do them in different flights. So you got number one gets first place, number eleven gets first place, number you know, 21 gets first place. So if you come in at at number 10, you got last place. But if you shot a little bit worse, you got first place. And like <laughs> you know, I, I see why they do it because you got your beginners that gives them a fair chance of getting some kind of a trophy, and then your enemies and then you're more advanced, but you know, it's just, it's not fair to the person that got shot one point higher and got, got nothing as opposed to when he got shot worse and got something. And Right. Right. I definitely see that point too. Yeah. You know, Ron, did you draw a blank on me? Oh, I'm here. Right. <laughs> I was like, I know I had to drop off there for a minute, but I, no. you know, chime in. Well, and that's the thing is, is we just love working with kids. And however we've got to do it, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's that's always uh, nice when you can get the kids going because it's just so much fun. Um, I know my my youngest son, he uh, was in Scouts and he'd been shooting for a long time by the time he's in Cub Scouts. And we go to the Scout camp and, uh, you know, they always had a parent behind each one. It's like, I stand because like, okay, I got it. He knows more than anybody else on the line. In fact, one time he raises his hand and the, the, the guy running the range comes over and says, yeah, Jerry, what's up? Says the knock points off on this bow. <laughs> yeah, this is a Cub Scout telling the adult his bow's messed up. Bow's <laughs> messed up. Yeah. 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 yeah, but he'd been shooting for, you know, what the five, six-year-olds, and he's been shooting for, you know, since he was probably about three. I, have, I had one of my NASP kids come up not long ago that said, Coach, is this white thing supposed to slide up and down on the string? I was like, uh, no. No, it needs to be pretty fixed. You know, you're not going to have a good, good spot to, to set the knock to. And, and so, you know, there little things like that do happen. And, and of course, I guess that kind of, Ron and I have definitely 
dealt with our fair share of that. We, you know, we handle breakdowns that are a little bit different. And, and, you know, so where we're talking about some of the coaches for our new kids are allowed to come up on the line, you know, do we stop everything for, for a breakdown? Usually not. I mean, we roll through that like any other organization would, but we're more apt to, Oh, okay. So your, your pin is not something's loose and we don't stop everything that they're doing. If they can make the adjustment, coaches standing behind them, they can make the adjustment to tighten it back up and get it back right and hand the bow back to them. We let them rock and roll. We don't just hold the progress up because of, you know, they're having a technicality. Now, do we offer that 15 minutes to come off the line and reset and regroup and, and shoot? Absolutely, we do. Um, but if it's something simple and, and we can see that it can be fixed right there and, and, and it's not going to slow things down during the tournament process, then we handle it. We just roll on with it and, and we give the kids the best opportunity and benefit that we can. Um, and, and the adults in the same form and fashion, you know, I mean, I think we as adults are much harder on ourselves when we shoot because we think yeah. everything, and listen, if we're not perfect when we step up to the stage, well, then that we're just going to suffer the consequences, right? Right. But we're, we're very flexible on, on those ideas too. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to name any names, but I had a, an older gentleman that's been involved in this sport for a very, very long time came to me and he said, Bob, he said, y'all did some great, great work here with these kids and these adults to offer up what you guys have has been truly a blessing for this community. And he said, if you decided tomorrow to shoot it all over again for an indoor, he said, I would sign up tomorrow and bring them all of my friends that I could to do it all over again. And I thought, what better compliment could we have to have folks have been doing this forever to see that this is just different enough that they'd volunteer to do it all over for another three months tomorrow if we offer it. Um, I thought that was kind of cool for an indoor thing. Yeah, that, that is when you get somebody that's been around for a while and says, hey, this was a lot of fun. I like doing this. And and hey, when when we're doing it again. Right, right. You know, kind of kind of sets that thing up for us inside to go, hey, maybe we got this thing right. Maybe we're working the right direction. And, and you know, that's kind of what keeps us going as as an organization, you know, for the for the board members. They see that we, we try and stay on top of making sure everybody's on the same page all the time. Um, and that's one of the things that's very important. If, if we're not, if we're not aligned together to make sure that youth archery is con continuing to grow, we're not doing our job and we probably need to find something else to do. You know, maybe I need to move to baseball or football or something else, but you know, archery seems to be my niche. I'm, and like Rhonda, we've both been doing it for so long now. I don't, if I ever stopped, I would truly be just be stopped. Um, it's time for me to go set up and fish somewhere. And, and you know, of course, <laughs> I've talked about that too. I said, at some point, I'm going to find my last child. I'm going to be, okay, that's my last one. And then when I get done with this one, I'm going to fish the rest of my days instead of doing doing this. But, um, you know, everybody's got their passion. And I think we've certainly uh, found ours. And, and the community is certainly reaching out and coming to us and saying, hey, we like what you're doing and looking looking for more. And, and um, we continue to continue to do that. So the uh, the more is what we're about. We're trying to keep giving them more options and uh, different options and, and see how that works because, um, you know, that seems to be what the nature of the beast is. that people want something just a little bit different, just a little out of the normal. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of excited a little bit about the Reading stuff myself because, uh, you know, unless you're out West, you're typically not shooting those Reading events. So um, here in Tennessee, it's going to be brand new. We're, we're kind of excited about some of that. So, yeah. Rhonda, what, what are your is thoughts? That 
One of the real cool things that I thought is in uh, up in Kentucky, there was a group of moms that had been hauling their kids everywhere to go to all these archery tournaments. Well, they decided that they wanted to learn to shoot. So the kids were actually coaching the moms and they formed a team called the Mom Squad. And I mean, they're all just brand new, very novice, but are having a great time. And they actually let one dad be an honorary Mom Squad person, but they have their own little team and they'll show up and their kids will shoot. And the parents who are brand new, I can't even tell you how many people this was their first year of competitive archery, which is just cool. Yeah, well, then we all get our dubs titles too, right? I mean, I've been called a daddy caddy ever since my daughter's been shooting and, or my son's <laughs> been shooting and, and they all laugh about it. But you'd be surprised at the people I've had come up to me. Hey, said, you got any shirts that say daddy caddy or honorary <laughs> daddy caddy? I like it. <laughs> Makes me laugh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's it, it's it's just so so much fun doing doing this kind of stuff and we forget about the conservation side of it too you know I mean most of our archers that that shoot indoor and, and transition to outdoor in 3D most of them are all hunters too um, you know I naturally grew up in that aspect and so um, we 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 think about the conversation not just the conversation about, but the cons conservation side of archery and how important that is to what it is that we, we're teaching and training also. Because we, yeah, we've got our group that probably will never hunt in their lifetime, but we have a mass majority of our group that probably hunt every year. And we recognize that. And state of Tennessee, you know, we're huge. I will say this. Um, I know that I track what the, the coal rate is every year on uh, deer harvest and, and people are like, really, do you really pay that much attention to it? And I was like, well, when the state of Tennessee offers every individual hunter an opportunity to take 123 animals per season, there's a huge coal rate. And I was yeah. like, so we had, I said, we have to kind of be mindful of that and think about why it is that that's necessary because there's a reason that they're, they're, they're wanting those numbers. Um, so we have to continue to teach the kids that part of it too. And, and by honoring uh, our, our wildlife um, with archery, that's just part of it. And yeah, some are gonna go on to gun hunt and, and rifle hunt, but that's still the same thing. So if we're if we're teaching them to be good stewards of our wildlife and archery, we're gonna teach them to be good stewards, whether they use a rifle or they use archery tackle. Either way, it's, it's what we're supposed to be doing and doing our part in conservation, so. And, and personally, I came from the other side. Um, I was anti-hunting. Uh, as I grew up and then we started shooting 3D and I thought you know what if I have to be 20 or 30 yards from an animal that's pretty fair game so I started you know by myself in the tree stand and once the first one went down we hunted in Texas and Illinois all over the place because sometimes my husband will say to everybody is I hunt more than he does now that that that's a good thing though right right absolutely <laughs> He works and you hunt and have fun teaching archery. Okay, we'll say that. <laughs> well, and there's been a dynamic growth in female archery too. That's something that, that doesn't get talked about very much either. But I know within my clubs, I have seen a dramatic uh, growth with, with females coming into the sport. And of course, I tell my guys all the time, I'm like, listen, you better watch. I said, they have better balance than we do. They think better than we do. I said, not that I'm, I'm 
being they listen uh, better than the boys do. Yeah, for the most part, I was going to say that <laughs> they they do listen to the instruction and take instruction well, and 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 they usually find themselves doing very very well. So um, we definitely pay attention to those things too. So you know, like I said, we're we're very blessed as an organization to be part of that growth and and see and recognize, hey, this is more to it than just being the regular sport like everybody else chooses. Um, let's see how we can make it better and, and uh, you know, something that people want to do, not necessarily are, are moved into. You know, I, I grew up playing every regular level sport known to man. Um, one, because of like everybody else, well, my daddy did this or my daddy did that. And, and so you kind of follow in those footsteps. Well, I can tell you, my dad never shot a bow a day in his life, you know, there's things that kind of naturally progressed me to do something very different than what my father did. Um, and, and I kind of respect that now. It's kind of made me the person that I am. And, and it's definitely put me on a different pathway to life than what my father represented. But in the same token, um, I was hoping that maybe that would transfer onto my kids and their kids and their friends. And, and we've seen that time and time again, you know, I mean, I've been around this long enough that, you know, I've, I've seen several of Doodle's kids grow and, and, and the kids that he has taught that have grown and Rhonda's group that has grown, um, Calvin, all of them. We've, we've got so many folks that are involved in this organization and archery that we've known for years, watching them grow and develop and then become young adults and go into adulthood where they're in college and they're shooting and then they get out of college and, and you have one of them come back years later and say, hey, coach, how you doing? And completely blindside you because you didn't know they were going to stop by on that Tuesday when you're coaching archery. <laughs> yeah. That's that. There's nothing better than seeing that come back, you know. We have lots of those parents and older kids that come back and shoot with us. Like sometimes when we have practice, we're half adults. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, we, we learn from everybody when we're going out there doing that. And, uh, it, you know, I can see like down in Tennessee, you know, you're hunting it, um, you know, you you have lots of woods and you really can't shoot a gun for very long because there's so much trees in here. You know, in Nebraska, we have a lot of open areas. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you got three, 400 yard shots you can take, but not with a bow, of course. But, you know, that's where, you know, archery, we can get into areas to help control the population because you know we all know and most most people that know anything about hunting if the population gets too large they're going to reduce themselves by disease and then now the animal has to suffer through whatever this disease that kills them all off until it gets down well if we can go in there with a bow shoot them they just go lay down and die you know they haven't suffered and you know at least somebody gets used to meat other than the coyotes right Right. There's benefits all the way around. I think the more we continue to teach that, the, the better things will be in our society today. And of course, my dad told me when I was a kid, he was like, son, he says, you may not always be able to walk into a grocery store and, and get something that you want to eat. So you may have to provide for yourself. And I kind of laughed at that when I was young. But then the more I saw things as I as I grew, I was like, you know, um, he's right. I can't tell you how many animals we raised on the piece of property we owned as a kid that, you know, they weren't pets by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they were definitely something that um, yeah. we utilize on our piece of property for food value and, and resource. 
And um, it, it's just one of those things that we had to uh, make sure that uh, we did our diligence with that, you know. So training our, our siblings and training other family members to this was our lifestyle. It may not have been their lifestyle, but it was very important. And, and so right. learning archery and being able to continue that conservation trail definitely works. Well, and archery is a, uh, a sport that you can, you know, pick up any time and, you know, maybe, maybe you have to make your own bow. You got your sting and your, your you know, string and a stick and another stick and, and you make it and you go after a small game, uh, right. you know, that, that's sport. And if you have the basic skills behind it, you can learn to shoot, you know, whatever you have. You know, that's what I, that's what I kind of call archery is a stick with a string flinging another stick. Right. You know, right. You know, it's like, prove me wrong. They're like, <laughs> you know, crossbows, everybody, you know, everybody thinks crossbows is like, well, you know what? Crossbows have their place. You know, if you want a, a young kid, you know, that, you know, I don't, depend on which state you're in, you have to be a certain age, but, you know, sometimes your, your 10, 11, 12 year old kids, they can't pull a regular compound back and hold it. Well, you right. get them in a crossbow, now they can go out and hunt. And when they get bigger, they can move into the crossbow. You know, or at the other end of the spectrum, as we get older, we can't necessarily pull back those bows and crossbows are, are valid. And in Nebraska, it used to be, you had to be handicapped or have not be able to draw back a traditional bow to use it in an archery. Well, they changed it here several years back. Now, archery, crossbow is a valid weapon during archery season, you know, right. which it should be. You don't really have a lot of advantage by shooting a crossbow. <laughs> No, my, and, and I bought one years and years and years ago for that exact reason. My son was seven, eight years old, and I could pull the bolt back and get it ready for him, and he could sit in the blind with me and still use archery tackle, and I believe that's part of what kept him moving forward in that tradition. I mean, he got to watch me shoot, but um, I think that just him having the opportunity to get out with me as a young person definitely helped that keep that mindset. And, you know, now he's in college and I laughed. I told my wife not long ago, I was like, you believe Caleb asked me, you know, he's like, Hey dad, he said, I think I'd like to hunt with you this year. He said, I know that I've been in school and out of pocket and I haven't been doing much with that. He said, but I think I'd like to go back with you this year. And, and I thought, well, how cool is that? That the circle has kind of made its way back to where now it's back on his mind as a, as a young adult that's in college, it's back in his head. Maybe he needs to do his part too. And so, yeah, you know, I can definitely see your point on that. Yeah, it's anything. Get them out there shooting, and you know that that's that's the thing. It's you know when you have your targets, though, some targets just won't stop the crossbow bolts. Yeah, because yeah. well, it's so short. But you know, when I had my my store, if you want to shoot a crossbow, you could, but you had to bring a crossbow target to put in front of it because it get buried in my backstop. Right. You know, and right. then you couldn't get it out. And I wasn't going to let you leave a bolt in, in the backstop because you hit it with something and, and you ended up breaking something. So, you know, I wouldn't allow you to shoot broadheads because it really right. tears up your targets. Right. Well, we don't allow the broadheads either. It's just strictly target points um, when we do what I, we do. But obviously, if we had somebody that wanted to tune a bow and go outside and, and set up a rough target and, and let them get tuned in, then I don't have any issues with that. I just never let them shoot my indoor stuff like that. So right, well, it tears them up. You know, if it's solid foam, it, it cuts hunks out of it. If it's a layered one. Yeah. Every time you shoot, big old hunks come out of it. And um, you know, I know guys that take the you know the small block target, shoot your broadhead in anyway. Um, you know, just realizing that you know it's not going to last as many. Right. 
Well, we have a specific bale for that, I like to say. Um, so I made a three by three bale and I filled the inside of it with old shrink wrap that came from all these manufacturers around. I just go gather it up and we just cram it in there and cram it in there until it's so tight that you can't move. And we just let them shoot that. And if I have to put more in there, then we'll put more in there. But it's the only yeah. one that I've got that's specifically designed to let people shoot those with. So um, and it seems to stop them very well. Rhonda, I tell you, I'm a frugal guy. I don't, I don't spend crazy amounts of money if I don't have to. Bobby has has kind of mastered building his own targets down there. He's got with a tarp company and uh, foam, and he, he he makes some awesome targets that are pretty reasonable to put up. Well, Definitely helped us into the season, didn't it? Yeah, I got one of those target replacement faces. You know that have the the you can tie them all up. And I just stuffed it full of old clothes. Yeah. And I've shot on targets like that, you know, 70 pounds at about five feet, and it just stops at two figures pull out. Absolutely. You and know, I think that's get, a benefit for ours too. Yeah, they're easy to pull out. Uh, and, you know, when it gets all shot up, buy a new face and, and put it, you know, around that one and stuff it full. I, I just made sure I cut off like buttons and zippers and snaps and stuff like that. Right. Um, I didn't want anything hard in there other than the claw. But right. you know, those, those have, were good. We actually have one team in Knoxville, Tennessee, who build a three-sided box and they put trampoline material on the front and then a piece of cardboard. And there's a sock factory there. They get these big, like a pallet of seconds or whatever socks, and they fill their bales with that. And they're great, easy for the kids to pull. Uh, they do a good job stopping, and then all they have to do is pull it out and stuck in more socks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, it, it, it's always nice what you can, you know, do and make your own. And I know when I had my range, I bought some rolls of foam that's used like in the auto industry, and I just laid them out and cut them and use, uh, um, you know, the tie wraps down, the wrap it down, you know, the banding. I got right. my bander and everything and just band them all down and you know and then it gets shot up in the middle and just tear it apart and move them around and get right. shot up too bad we'll just cut down the middle and flip them out and you can shoot that for a long time long time absolutely i told most of my kids it doesn't have they don't have the finances necessarily to have a real target that you could buy from the store i'm like listen if you can afford to buy a dollar and 35 cent uh three cubic foot box from walmart a moving box and you fill that up with old clothes, it'll stop every arrow known to man, and you can shoot it thousands of times. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, really. And so the next thing you know, I had one of my kids that lives in an apartment, believe it or not, and would shoot five yards in their hallway at a cardboard box they bought from Walmart and had it full of stuff just full of clothes. Um, but that said, from that year when I first met him, he knew nothing about archery, and, and I know Rhonda knows who I'm talking about. Uh, this young man's name is Angel Guevara, and um, that's how he practiced. If he was going to practice at home, he shot in his hallway. Um, never met him, never done archery, ended up winning the state championship uh, first time ever that year because he was just diligent in his practice. Sometimes he beats his coach. <laughs> what, what did she say? I said sometimes he beats his coach. Absolutely. Sometimes <laughs> he beats his coach. That's a fact. Sure did. Matter of fact, uh, he got me this year at least once. So, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm proud of that too. I tell them all the time. Absolutely. I said, there's, if the better you are, if you beat me, that tells me that I've done my job. Absolutely. 
Right. Yeah. And, and as we get older, you know, I'm, I'm 68, I just turned 68 and, you know, I'm not as steady as I was before. And the worst thing is like my right eye, I'm right eye dominant. I shoot right-handed, but guess which is the blurry eye? The yeah. right one, right. you know? Right. So I draw back and I see my fiber optic pins and I don't see a round red pin or yellow pin. I see what looks like a, a red donut with a black dot in the middle of it. Right. And it's like, like, okay, this is all blurry. So if people are shooting these 100 yards, 120 yards, you know, shots, I can't see that far with my eyes. You know, right. so I can't, I can't see, I don't know where I'd be putting my pin because I just don't see good enough that far. So shooting those long shots, yeah. And, and I'm a hunter. 20 yards or less is plenty. My right. first year was at 40 yards and I haven't shot anything over 20 cents. And I shoot most of them about 10 and I've shot some at, at probably about three yards. <laughs> right. So I, I prefer to, I try to set, you know, I'm hunting. I try to set up a 20 yard shot, but those darn deer, they don't listen. They come in closer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like they're on a, a string, right? You're just pulling them right to you. Yeah. But I had one, one time I shot, I don't know what I did. I shot over it, hit a tree on, on the other side. I heard it hit the tree and the deer turned and run towards me and back around and give me a closer shot. Because he did, he heard the arrow hit the tree, not my bow going off. So I was right. able to load another arrow and able to get it the second time. Right. Sometimes lost an arrow. Yeah, right. lost an arrow, but you know, it, it kind of hurts when you, you lose a, a muzzy broadhead and a and a, a carbon shaft. I, I shoot the, the comp pros, the straightest arrows I can shoot is what I shoot for hunting. Right. And I used to get when it, before the carbons come out and had aluminums, the double X78s, which is a 0015 straightness. I'd buy yeah. a new set, new dozen, get them set up. I'd shoot them, get them all tuned up, make sure I know where they're heading, and I'd hunt with those. Next year, I'd buy another set, and I'd hunt with those. It's like, well, why are you hunting? So, because I want the best shot I can. And, you know, you're going through, you know, you don't have as much with carbons, but the aluminums, you know, you're starting off with your nice, small, you know, one-inch group. And by the time before you get your next ones, they're getting bigger and bigger. You can keep them in the white ring, but that's about all you can say. And right. then next thing you get new arrows and it's like, fine, I start smacking arrows again. You know, it's, it's just all the straightness. And right. I, I've Boy, seen yeah, that many times. The have changed, right? Yeah. And even with carbons, I know uh, one of my shooters, when I had my store, he would shoot the little bit lower grade ones, you know, like in the, the 3000s range and I shoot in the ones you know, the carbons and, you know, he, he was grouping. Okay. He was, he couldn't consistently keep them in the X ring, but you know, he was still pretty good. I'd say here, try mine. Cause you know, they're long enough for me to shoot and amazing how much tight this group was just by switching to my arrows. Right. One, I shoot feathers. I've always, I'm kind of old school. I shot feathers from when I was doing it in the sixties. Uh, and I still shoot feathers. You know, I deal with the, the few times when I'm out in misty rain but I don't like to hunt too much in the rain anyway, so. Right. Well, nothing a little dry fly wouldn't fix. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and all I do is I have my, my arrows that I'm not hunting with, and when the one I have not gets kind of messed up, I take it out and I just switch arrows. I got right. another dry arrow. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My daughter shot feathers. I still shoot feathers. Of course, I shoot bare bow recurve. I used to shoot compound, um, but we deal with that quite a bit, and of course, when we start field stuff, we'll, uh, I switch out to spin wings or something of that nature. So I don't have to contend with the uh, rain as much, but 
Um, I prefer feathers just because I, I get more correction out of them, but uh, that's me personally. There's a lot of people that just, they'll talk you to death about spider veins and spin wings and all the new stuff that's out and, and they do work great and nothing wrong with it. But um, like you said, I guess I'm kind of old school. I still kind of go with what I know and, and uh, what's comfortable. So well, right there. About 20 years ago when I was a PSE dealer, uh, one of the guys from PSE told me they, they did some testing on veins or feathers, you know, which, which one is better. And what they found is because the feathers are lighter, but provides more drag, they initially start out faster, but downrange, they lose their speed because more drag. So right. your, your, you know, your feather starts off ahead, but then the vein keeps up. And then they also tested straight helical, really fast, uh, you know, really hard twist. And what they found is at the time, the circular velocity exceeded the forward velocity, it dropped like a parachute. <laughs> so you're, go, you're going along and you get to the point where it's spinning, rotating faster, it's going forward, and then it starts really dropping. Where if you don't do that, you, you don't have that much, it's more of a gradual drop because you're not spinning as much. So right. they found the faster you spin it, the more it's gonna drop like a parachute, you know, once, once that speed slows down. Now, right. at, at the ranges that we're normally shooting, I don't think it's gonna make a difference. <laughs> You know, because, you know, what's the forward velocity versus angular velocity on it? And then once once those, you know, meet, now then you're having a problem. But, you know, as fast these bows are, and you're not spinning those arrows that fast. Right. Now, some of the really fast spinning ones, that, you know, like the spin wings, they're going to spin them faster. So it's going to happen sooner. But are you going to really notice it? If you set your pins up for it, then really who cares? Right. Right. At the, at the end of the day, um, we're probably all in the same category. We're going to, we're going to shoot what works best for what we're shooting with. Right. Right. So, and, and we got to, and we got to remember to set the tune for the individual, you know, I guess as a coach, that's kind of where I'm at. I know that Rhonda and, and them have definitely served this principle well, because they, they've taught me a lot over the years by making sure that, yeah, I can take this child's bow and, and set it up and it shoot well, but I'm not that child. So I have to make sure that, we tune the bow to that individual and they're going to shoot right. and anchor differently than I do. So we need to make sure that we're forward thinking on that aspect of it too, because we're not doing any service. If I pick the bow and go, Oh, it shoots great. But then the child can't shoot it worth anything. We're not doing any service to the child. We need to make sure we always take that in, in consideration. Yeah. I know when I was uh, working at, I was after closed my store then I worked at Bass Pro and Cabela's for a while. And I had those guys come in. It's like, you know, can you set it up for me? Sure, I can set it up, but I'll have to shoot your deer for you. Because I can set it up for me, you know. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, we can set it up for you. And I had another guy, you know, when, when you put a dropway on, you have to shoot him to make sure it works okay. And I'd set up a dropway. The guy brought in a bow. He, he, he couldn't. It was, he's had all kinds of trouble. He couldn't get it to group and all this other stuff. And he wanted a dropaway figure. You know, that's the solution. Get a dropaway. Because do it. Well, I come in and and I have to shoot it. So I shot one and I drew back and fortunately it was right-handed. So I, you know, I come back and I put the pin right on the other knock and boom, I stuck two arrows together. And the guy was sitting in there and he says, oh, I never anybody do this. Like, yeah, well, not my arrows. It's it's the store's arrow, so I don't care. <laughs> right. And then the guy come in and says, I can't get it to goop for nothing. It's like, I shot two arrows, stuck two together. I was like, <laughs> I wanted to say, it's not the bow, dude, it's you. It, right. I kind of got the point across. It's like, it's, it's just fine. Let's, let's see what's going on. And 
and, and of course it's always always their form and 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 then I see a lot of people it's like I I can't I, I've always had have a bad tear have a bad tear bad tear always you know something I worry about having a tear and I had one guy's post in one of the groups that said that you know it's, he's had that for a long time you know a couple of years he's had a low tear can't get rid of it and I says have somebody else shoot your bow you get the same tear you know if you're not getting the same tear it's, it's your form right and, and I've, I've seen that you know just shoot you get a, a perfect shot and i'll just make a death grip on that bow and shoot it and see what that arrow does it's not it's going to tear different right Absolutely. You know, so that's all stuff that we learned you know being a bow tech and instructor for many years um you know i first become an nfa archery instructor in 95 and in 2001 i become a bow tech and i went down to pse spent a week down there in their their dealer school and you know i've been working and teaching ever since you know lots of people and you know, that's one of the things that I allow in the Archer Talk 101 Facebook group is uh, if you have a problem with your form, upload a video. You know, we'll take a look at it. You know, I've got 25 years experience and there's other people in a group that have been coaching for a long time. Uh, you know, I always tell them, the only dumb question is the one you haven't asked yet. Because as soon as you, you ask it, it's not dumb. Now, if you keep asking the same question over and over and over, I I'm going to figure, okay, something's going on. You're not understanding what we're saying. And we got to do something a little different. That, right. You know, that's, you know, just just go in there and use the group. I don't allow links in there except like for the archery events, right. um, because I want it to be pure content, you know, value for the archer. Sure. And, and and that's that's why I structured that group. And that's why, you know, I do the podcast is all for helping archers out, promoting the sport. And if you have a question, you know, get on here and ask, you know, whether you're whether you're on here. And right now I don't have anybody making any comments, but. You know, somebody had a question, then we could pass it on and talk about it. I've had that happen before. Uh, people have questions and and they'll just ask them in the, the chat and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely about the sport for sure. So, you know, whatever we can do to continue to help it grow, that's what we're going to do. And organizationally, that's what we set out to do to begin with was to make sure that the sport of archery continues on. And yeah, there's all all kinds of organizations out there. Um, but I would say they're all unique in their own flavors is, is kind of the terms that I use. Um, and, you know, we're going to have our own spin on things and our own flavor on things. But at the end of the day, it's still archery. And that's and that's what we're trying to promote and make sure that we, you know, continue to get that information out there. You know. Yeah, I always thought, you know, when I was doing the 3Ds, they had a, the hunter class you know, you're using hunting equipment and they score it five, eight, 10, 12, whatever. I think it should be scored minus five. If you don't hit the the kill zone, the vital that's you're going you're to get eight or 10 or minus five. So you're better <laughs> off the miss than to make a bad shot. Because right. in hunting situation, we don't get points for having a bad shot. No. Nope. You know, I, I think that should be scored minus five because it's a bad hit. And, and then, you know, you got your eight and your 10. So you could easily end up with, you know, almost no score if you get one bad one. Instead of getting five, you're losing five. Right. And you know, that makes it more more like a hunting situation, although you're going to aim a little differently on, on the targets. Uh, but you know, because you got different angles and you aim at the same spot, whether you're elevated or not, where you're hunting, you're not going to. But you know, I always thought that would be the, the hunter class that it should be is like you're gonna like you're hunting. Right. I got kind of tickled. One of my students asked, Coach, can you can you help explain? the two 12s in the scoring rings. And I said, 
Um, I would love to help explain that. And I said, I can explain that. So you have a full definition and understanding of how each of those works. But I'm going to tell you from your coach's perspective, I'm so old and I can't see well. I can't see the 12 rings anyway, so I never shoot at them. I shoot for 10s and hope for 12s. And, <laughs> and they, they kind of chuckled a little bit and they thought, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I said, well, it will. And when you get my age, you'll be like, I can't even see the 10 ring. I'm guessing at where that is anyway. So um, at 30 yards, that's quite the, quite the shot with a, a longbow or a barebow. So um, I'm doing good just to get it in that 10 ring. Um, but yeah, the kids kind of make me laugh when we start talking about specifics. Well, what's this 14 ring for? What's this 12 ring for? What, we explain it and we let them know, you know, um, and that's, that's some things that, that we're working on differently too, as, as an organization, we've, we've definitely trying to, uh, put scoring in place that uh, most don't. So, um, those are some new things coming up this year that we're hoping to put into play and, I'll, I'll leave it at that. We're not going to give anything away. We're just going <laughs> to let you know we're, we're working on some different stuff. And then for those that want to come and join and find out what the different looks like, uh, they're, they're more than welcome to do that. We appreciate anybody that wants to come out and learn archery and shoot with us. Um, you know, the shootout series was definitely designed to, uh, to be there for kids. And now we've stepped into adults and we want to continue that passion and, and drive forward to, to give them what they want. So if they, someone was interested in in joining in, in the shootout series, how would they contact you? Well, we have Facebook. Ron, I'm going to leave that one to you, considering you talk to most everybody online. Yes, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, it is actually listed under the shootout series, um, and it has our buckles. And that's the one thing I guess we didn't even talk about is our national champion. Well, hold on. Our national champions get buckles like these. So they're pretty nice buckles um, that, and it has that buckle at the top of our page. Uh, if you are wanting to join with us, you just give us a message. We have an announcement group that we have uh, a private group to do all the chatter back and forth. We do have a website under development right now, but I've got a uh, shout out to my little college girls that have been helping us cover messages. We have uh, six or seven people that answer on that page. So somebody will get to you pretty quick. That's good. I, I'll leave, I'll leave a link in the description on how to get a hold of you. Um, it'll, it'll show up. We, in the... we do have state coordinators in each one, so we can direct you to your state's coordinator. And if you're not a state that's shooting yet, hey, holler at us, and we'll see if we can get you started. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It, is. it certainly has been. G give you something else to do rather than just the normal the normal path everybody takes. Just something a little bit different and. You know, maybe we can get this expanded to, to cover a little more, a little more states. Well, and I think, and I've said several times, as coaches and parents and archers, we needed this to be fresh and new because we were burnt as bad as our kids were because we were all shooting all the time and we would get burnt out. So this, we spread out our shoots. We don't have as many shoots. Uh, we're just trying to make it fun again. And if you win something, that's fine. And if you don't, it's okay too, because we're not a whole lot about the score and competition. We're more, of, I tell people, it's kind of like a glorified league night. That <laughs> we're we're going to do what we have to do. We're going to learn while we're there and we're going to have a good time and we play music and it's loud and um, we cheer and holler and it's it's awesome. 
like like any sporting event, you're going to have a lot of cheering and a lot of noise going on. And, and you know, I think if you get used to that, you know, shooting is actually going to improve because you're used to tuning all the other stuff out. Yes. You know, you're used to tuning it out and then you don't, you're not tuning out your own thoughts. So while you're focused, you have to focus on what you're doing to ignore all the noise going in the background. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear them cheering your name because, you know, anytime you hear your name, your ears kind of pick up a little bit. But you have to learn how to tune all that out and just take it as as a, a energy that they're giving you and use that oh, energy. And we 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 also see, and if you watch the videos, you will see our kids are up on podiums under spotlights with the whole gym dark and the music pounding. And you'll have kids that are usually very introverted that'll be up there dancing to the music. So it takes some <laughs> of that nerves away because they're singing with the music, they're dancing on the podiums. We've had some dance-offs between the two archers that's shooting head-to-heads. It, it's just fun. Yeah, make it make it fun, and and you'll you'll keep people going, and and it's also fun for the audience. You know, somebody Absolutely. watching. You know, you're going through all that as opposed to just seeing two people standing up there, completely silent. You know, like in a golf game. You know, yeah, everybody is quiet. Don't don't make no noises. You might disturb them, and. And then you're up there and, and now they have all this to think about. It's all this quiet. And and I, I just yeah. think that is, that's amazing that, you know, you do that and make it more like a party. Well, we had, we decided our kids like have the best music taste that we've actually done a great job as parents because the 2020, they had walkout songs that they had to pick out their walkout song. And the songs these kids were picking were like what we were picking. Oh. I mean, we had... We had Metallica, we had ACDC, we had Walk This Way, we had, you know, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I mean, we had some great, great music. So I think we're actually making a Spotify playlist because it's awesome. Well, we yeah. can't forget the one that said, uh, had the play song of I Shot the Sheriff. That, yeah, that one's, yeah. <laughs> you know. We also had... We had Baby Shark and Chicken Dance were two of them we also had. so And somebody in this group right here used the Oompa Loompa song. Just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Rhonda. Because the world needed to know that, right? <laughs> you got to keep it yeah. light. That's the way I always look at it. You know, I mean, we can, we, this, there's always a serious side, but, um, you know, our series was designed with the intent to make the archer better. Okay, so how do we get better? Um, I, I keep going back to Doodle on this one because he, he everything he's ever said, iron sharpens iron. I will never forget that for the rest of my life, and it's an absolute truth. Um, so, you know, those words we have seen stepping up 12 inches on a black riser crumble, the absolute most solid people yeah. you will ever see. Their knees will quake when they get up there. And then you'll see these four, five, six-year-olds jump up there and throw down like nobody's business, like it doesn't even matter. And and, yeah. and you see adults, adults absolutely are terrified. We had a guy that's a former uh, major league baseball pitcher. And he came up to me. He said, I hear something's wrong with those podiums. And I thought, oh, no, what's wrong with the podiums? He said, I heard they make your knees shake. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> he used to pitch for the Brewers. If that makes him nervous, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, as adults, we, you know, we get these self-made uh, fears in our head. And you know, it's like, okay, we step up there. Oh, we're in a spotlight. I guess like, oh, cool. 
you know, and then now they're doing that when they get adult, you know, it's like, hey, no big deal. Just climb up there. It's like the first time you do something, you know, it's, it's, you know, you get nervous the first time you do something. But we actually, the first year we did this because our kids had never experienced anything like this. At that first year, there were three people that had gone to Lancaster. And this year we had over 25 of our kids and adults that had, had been through our process. They weren't scared of it anymore. We had over 25 that traveled to Lancaster and shot in the big shows because they kind of had that experience to a much smaller level with us. But they were like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. So they're going out and being on the national stage. And there are several of our kids and a few adults that in several different organizations are just racking in the national setting records with USA. It's just amazing to watch them. Right. And even though they're not our kids, they're our kids. Right. Yeah. Right. To the tune of like 148 something for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a lot when you can start a program you know, a few years later, you've got that many people that are really making a name for themselves. That says a lot for your program and, and what you're doing for the kids and the sport. Well, I tell the kids all the time, everybody, I get from the parents a lot that we love you. You're a great coach. I'm like, it's not about me being a great coach. I said, this is about the kids being coachable and listening and them being themselves. We have great kids in these programs. Um, and, and without them, the program wouldn't exist to begin with. And I recognize that from a coaching standpoint, you know, as much as we love the sport and as much as we would like to think, well, we all have our things and Rhonda can verify. I know I do some quirky stuff. I don't coach a lot like most do. I still teach through the NTS, but um, I have my own little things that I do different. And, and Rhonda, I, I know she caught one of my little ones getting into their stance and and she was like, they walk like this. Kids. They walk their little feet out to get their perfect stance. And I was like, oh, you've been working with Bobby, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I call it the stance dance, and it gets everybody into a, a, a correct open stance every time without hesitation. But it does look a little weird when you see them doing it because uh, they do it every time. They don't think about it anymore. They just get up there and they move their feet to where they're supposed to be. Um, and, and it is comical because you're like, what kind of little quirky dance is that? But then when you look at their position on the floor, you're like, wow, he's in a kind of a perfect open position. It just works. And it's something I've, I've noticed over the years. And I thought, well, if that's what helps them get there, then as, I don't care how they get there. But if that's what their aid is right now and it works, we're going to stick with it. And um, for me as a coach, it's about the kids and, and it's always going to be about the kids. So, you know, I've been blessed. You know, learn, learn the process and do it every time. Correct. Correct. You know, so we definitely have our, our own things. And I know, you know, Rhonda and them work very diligently with their kids and they've got, you know, Rhonda's got a, a really healthy organization there. And, and most, most of the clubs are, they're all doing everything necessary to, to grow youth archery. And even, even the adult side, um, you know, we, we started this for kids, but we have found that the adults really wanted their section uh, of, indoor as well and you know we have embraced that you know it's definitely something that organizationally we have responded to and, and we accepted that growth and and yes it does present its challenges because adults we can kind of posture here and there but um you know for the most part um we've got really really good folks that are involved and you know our 
people invite us in to, to do our shoots. And that's been a great success for us too. So, you know, some of us will have to pay for a venue here and there, but for the most part, we've been very blessed as an organization to uh, have access to space that doesn't cost us an arm and a leg or a place that will donate us venue space. And, and we all know how important that is because, you know, right. um, space comes at a premium, you know, it's usually very expensive premium. So anytime you can get somebody to loan you a building for a national shootout, then uh, how cool is that when you can give them all the praise for giving you a space? So um, we definitely make sure that they're, they're out there and they know, and we, we take our sponsorships very seriously and, and make sure that those people are, are, are praised also. But uh, we give most of our praise to the kids and, and the families because, you know, without the parents too, you know, if our parents aren't doing the daily Uber driver for their, for their kids, um, <laughs> they can't get from point A to point B either. So, you know, you got to give that credit where it's due too. Yeah. yeah like you said, you know, the, the kid is cultural because of the parents. Right. You know, right. If they didn't, if they didn't prepare them to be coachable, then you couldn't do your job anyway. Right. You know, so yeah, like, like you're saying, it's like, you know, they say, you know, you know, how good you are and everything. It's like, well, because you prepared your kid to be coachable so I can come in and I can help them. And, and it's just, it's, you know, it, it's amazing, you know, how, how the parents can really affect how the, the kids are, are developed. Right. We got the blank silence going on now. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure if you had any, um, you have any uh, parting thoughts before we get out of here? First um, of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity to come on and, and tell people about our program. Um, and, and just like Bobby says, our coaches and our parents and our communities have been fantastic to step up and help these kids and help us get programs started. Um, I personally have one, I'm blessed. I have a, a park that the city of Solana, Tennessee lets us have a Corps of Engineer Park. And I put it with a lot of the, as, as good or better than a lot of ranges that I've ever been to. And we, we'll go in and you'll have people at a restaurant hand you a check because they see what you're doing. And one year, our archery team, we did a survey, brought over $86,000 into a community that has no stoplights. So people come to our shoot that had never been there. 80% of the people that came to shoot with us that year had never been to that town. And since that time, we've had people, it's on Del Hollow Lake, buy houseboats, buy summer homes, move their family to that community once they came to the community and fell in love with it. So those communities have embraced us and given to us more than I can even say. Absolutely. So what, what do you have for parting thoughts here, Bobby? <laughs> My parting thoughts would be, I just want to continue to see archery grow. I want to continue to see youth archery. There's nothing better than seeing the mind and the spirit of a young person that embraces archery and watch them grow. And so if you if you have that desire and you want to uh, learn something about archery, get out there, find out who your local archery representatives are, um, get involved. Almost every state has some form uh, of archery association. Reach out, find out who is available, what's available. And, and in the same token, obviously, for the shootout series, um, if you're looking for something different, 
then reach out. We'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. But we're certainly thankful for you to give us the time today, Roy, and we appreciate everything that uh, you're doing for the archery community. It, it's it's been my pleasure. I enjoy talking to you know. If you're an archer, yeah, you're welcome on the podcast because it's going to be fun talking. You know, there there's just so many different stories from you know the new person that just just starting out. It's like I don't know anything. It's like you're an archer, know how to shoot a bow, or want to learn how to shoot a bow. You're good, you know. Right. So it, it's it's just all all different ranges, and it's just been so much fun uh, doing this, and I enjoy it. So you know, stay tuned for the next one. It's it's going to come out. You know, I, I I post uh, two uh, podcasts a week, and then of course in the the group they get to watch them live and interact with them. So there's no waiting in the group. Otherwise, you have to wait for a while. Um, and it's just been so much fun and. You know, hopefully everybody learned a little bit about the shootout series and it kind of excited to, you know, get involved in it or start it. You know, so if you want to start it in your area, contact them. I'll leave a description um, with the links in the in the description down here. Uh, so it'll make it a little easier for you to get to them, but just go out and, and connect with them. And I think it's be a lot of fun. It's like, I got to start checking here. It's like in Nebraska. You didn't mention Nebraska. So... <laughs> So are you saying that you'll be the coordinator for Nebraska and you'll get this started? Is that what I hear? I could be, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we get something going here in Nebraska and, and see what's going on and you know get, get something else because there's a lot of kids in here that are shooting shooting bows and you know I'm I'm out here in the middle of middle of nowhere between Omaha and Lincoln. So you know there there's I'm sure there's some land I can get here to hold some outdoor events on. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, a lot of them have crops on them, but you know, uh, there are some that don't have corn and beans on them that we might be able to use, and you know, just something get something going, and you know, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to be involved oh, it's in. Tremendous it. fun, absolutely, absolutely. Well, my name is Roy Canterbury, and I've been your host on Archer Talk One Hundred and One with the Shootout Series, Rhonda and Bobby, talking about that. Stay tuned for the next one, and we'll catch you on uh, the next podcast.